On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, we've got in-studio guests. Michael Hart is back on the show. Coach uh, Josh Bryant is on the show as well. And, of course, we've got John on the show, but he's coming in via Skype from Florida. And uh, we talk uh, about, you know, a, a year in 2019 in review. Then we talk a little bit about what's coming up in 2020. And lastly, we talk about really what, where is the game going to go in the next 10 years, where some of our concerns are, uh, as well as how we think that it can evolve and uh, be better for everyone. So we hope you enjoy this one and uh, check it out. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Faded Golf Podcast. My name is Mark Juline. Uh, this is season two, but we are wrapping up the end of 2019, and I'm excited to say that we have multiple guests on the show today. Um, I've got uh, John Falkenberg of Borg, <laughs> Borg, John Falkenberg, <laughs> John Falkenberg, of course, with me, but. Uh, but he's uh, via remote Skyping in from a nice little Florida trip. He is on. But What's in up? hello, uh, in studio, we have Coach Josh Bryant. What's, What's up, up, Coach? What's up? Thanks for having me. And uh, hungry like the wolf, Michael Hart. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is exciting. It's like we got the whole band back together almost a year later. Almost. We need that shirt. Hungry like a wolf. I made one for Michael. He 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 left it uh in the office, just like hanging, dangling off the back of his chair for like probably three months. I didn't really know what to do with it. It was like other os- than just absorbing it. it through yeah. osmosis just or looking something. At it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel I would, like the looks in the just hang it on store the wall. would have been a little weird. Just frame it. Yeah. yeah. I wore it's a it's a speed putt. I wore it's a speed putt shirt today, and I got a lot of. A lot of looks. People are like, what, is, what does that mean? And even my sister-in-law asked me today, it's like, what's that mean? I'm like, it's a speed putt. Don't you get it? Just It's like every putt's a speed putt. And they look at me. They don't get it. No. It's it's like really deep golf humor. They need to listen to the pod. That's when you plug the pod. Yeah, that's when you plug the pod. And they can be sure. in on all these cool inside jokes that we have. That'd be epic. The, 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 mats, the mats only uh, shirt. That everybody gets that. If Not they play Al- any type of golf. Allison doesn't get it. No. But she was like, What's Matt's only today? I don't <laughs> I don't understand what that <laughs> that, uh, that poor Kyle. That, I like that one. Chatham Life. Yep. Chatham Life. Yep. Kyle sent me a uh, picture from his new office at Valhalla this morning. I bet he did. He did. I bet Man, he, he did. He already cleaned out his closet. He's gone. Guys, he was down there Friday this morning. Was his last day. Do you think I was thinking about this today? You think he's gonna give the tabs over to the new pro of who got into the member guest and who did not last year? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh boy. I think he uh, is so, he's so checked out. He will never he won't respond to that. Are you kidding me? Do you do you think if you were the new pro that you would just totally wipe out whatever's been done here though yes and just be like you know what fresh start it's a new day and yeah and jason will do a pretty good job with that (laughs) (laughs) uh hey you never know man you never know um 
But I, I would I would I would guess that a new pro is going to come in and try to refresh some stuff. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's going to be there. Here's the thing: this club's what three years old, basically. Yep. There's no traditions mm-hmm. that anybody's going to be like, "Oh, that's the way we've always." There's not going to be some old codger yeah. to be like, well, <laughs> "I've been playing that tournament like that for 25 years, <laughs> and now you're going to yeah. change it." I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, I'm leaving this club. I'm going to go to the Holiday Farms in Zionsville. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's feelings are going to get hurt if he were to change anything up now or he she right Ooh, hey he, he, it's, she. it's 2020 it that's is. right hey, you never there know you You'd have i to mean best she. Je- the best <laughs> jedi <laughs> in the universe is a woman yeah. so <laughs> sorry no sorry spoiler alert yep. are we starting to record now <laughs> God, that was whatever? awful yeah. that was so bad <laughs> did you go see that movie no god no how are you really you wouldn't watch it already yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, someone has in this room. What movie are we talking Star Wars. About? Oh, no. No, it's <laughs> for fun. No, I, no. I stopped watching them like when I was, I don't know, when 10, when they came out, like the first three. I don't know what any of the new ones are. You're that old? You were 10 yeah. when the first one came out? <laughs> what are you, Michael? Actually, he Man, was, that, uh, you're not, you're not he was probably like Michael? three. Actually, he might have been two mm-hmm. when the first one came out. In the 70s? Actually, hold it. You are you just turned 40. You were zero yeah. when the first one came out. Like one. I turned 40 this year? No, shit, no I'm talking about so. John. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm got 1979. Yeah. How old are you, Michael? I am going to be 35 in April. So Return of the Jedi came out when mm-hmm. you were like yep. really, really little. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. He, he, she, that's still like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just When do you want to record? <laughs> being politically correct here. This is what we do, Michael. Have you not been listening for a while? No. We just we just ramble on at the beginning of the show about nothing. It's like Seinfeld for like the first five ten minutes, and then so in knowing that John has a limited time amount of time. Um, you What's know, the deal with the Pro V1? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what's the deal? Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, but, yeah, well, we're glad uh, the, the crew here can can join us. Y'all were, were guests at least once last year. Um, Michael, were you on a couple times? Uh, I believe two times. Yeah, and yeah. Josh, you were on two or three times. Two or three times, yep. yep. So um, it's awesome to have you guys back. Really appreciate it. I know we've talked to a few other people that were on the show that want to be back on. Um, which was good, but, uh, so we had a good 2019, uh, wanted to just kind of kickstart, um, the conversation just around golf with, you know, from a 2019 golf perspective, you know, what do you, what do you think? And it can be personal, professional, whatever. What do you think is, uh, something that's going to stay with you, a memory that you'll, you'll have, uh, moving forward. We'll start with Michael. Ooh, good, good question. Uh, good topic. Um, Personally, I would say I don't really have anything that sticks out because we got bounced uh, in the first round of our uh, <laughs> our buddy match. Yep, uh, that sucked. I don't really want to dig Didn't into defend. that. I know I held up my end of the bargain. Uh, Truth, and we'll just leave it at that. Yep. Uh, as Stinger. far as just yeah, eh, I yeah. can take it. Golf in 2019. Oh, he shot a 64 
this year. He'll tell you all about that, but he won't tell you about how he uh, puked the bed in our buddy match. But anyways, I never talk about my 64. You guys, you shot a 64, right? I guess I've heard it a couple of times. Anyways, it's uh, right over there. If you well, want to relive it, I, just, yeah, yep. the plaque. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staring at your Raiden face. The, the six poster. on 16, I just, that's what I keep focusing on. It could have been 62. <laughs> Should have been. <laughs> Says a, a double bogey. Yeah. Mm. It's a bummer. Yeah. What could Hurts. have been? It was still 64, yep. though. Oh, golf. Uh, but probably the biggest memory, you were there as well, was the uh, trip down to Augusta for the practice round. Mm. Uh, yeah. Johnny won the lottery first time playing, which uh, the odds in that uh, situation are slim to none. Gosh. So, can't believe um, that still. Yeah, it was just a great buddy trip, uh, brother, brother-in-law, and father, and that was uh, just like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So yeah. we had a great time. Played doing the that. What, Palmetto. Is that is that is that the name of it? Yeah, the Palmetto Club. Palmetto Club. That was that was awesome. The uh, golf course around Atlanta. I can't remember the name. Cherokee Run or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, good golf. Uh, got to watch the uh, par three in person. Augusta, so. Augusta was a little muddy. They had, they had a lot of rain the previous couple of days. A lot but, of rain, uh, but you would never know, except for some spots. Well, where people were walking. Yeah. The course itself was great. Yeah, just nothing can be said that's already been said about that place. Yeah. Uh, I can't um, I can't tell you in in my words to do the justice. I'm not Jim Nance, so I'm going to pass this <laughs> to Coach Bryant. So. Well, who won the Masters this year? Uh, shoot, who did? Just um, the top of my head. Uh, El Tigre. Yeah. Oh no, kind of a nice little memory to have. Hey, I was there at yeah. some point in time yeah. there, and uh, yeah. you, you know, we had an early start Sunday, which is great because the kids were not, you know, in my business in the morning. They were off doing their thing, and I was able to watch it in peace, which is kind of a nice change of pace. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was good. Yeah, great good. times. Masters, good memory this yeah, year. Absolutely. Coach, what do you got? You know, I'd I'd, I'd say. I'll give you a, a couple of moments that uh, when we were talking earlier about what we might talk about tonight. Uh, personally, I would tell you that. Uh, uh, so this John and I were a part of this. The um, the semifinal match that John and I were in. A little dig uh, with Chad Side and Matt Page. Have you won it? Did fourth, you guys win? Uh, you know what? I could. Hey, there you go. Uh, we have not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Weird. But the four, the fourteen birdies that were in that match were uh, something that uh, I, would say I will always remember that match. Yeah. I know John could probably attest. He doesn't like talking about it like I do, but uh, it was a it was just an unbelievable experience. John and I also saw Brian Miller make five birdies in a row in the member member. Yes, which wow. was something that I've seen a lot of really good golf in my kind of coaching career. Lots of low sixties, but to see five in a row was pretty spectacular. John, you did you guys make to it that. to the shootout? It was incredible. Uh, it was incredible. <laughs> this is Michael. Michael, this is fantastic. This is this is good stuff. Did you guys make the shootout? Michael, Michael, I blacked yeah. out that day when yeah. I made it into the shootout. Just FYI. So, so I think we need to go back. And, I think we need to go back and revisit Michael's goals from. Yeah, that's actually that's, that's the very last thing. I, that's on that's on my on my to do list. Um, the uh, but I will say so the top I would say the top three moments. For uh, more pro golf related, although it's it's not necessarily, I would say I had number three with uh, Fireside with Phil. I thought that oh man, that was fantastic. Great addition. <laughs> I, mean, I really him, did. I, it just it yep. just made yep. I, it was awesome. Number two um, was the Augusta Women's Am. 
I think that that is something that is yep. going to forever change uh, a guy with four daughters and whatnot, but just the, um, what they did and, and how spectacular that was. And you guys were obviously then down there the day before that. Uh, were you a couple days Tuesday? afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah. A couple days after. Okay. Yeah. So you were down there two days afterwards. Yep. So, just, uh, side note, uh, if you ever just want to go down there, that is a great ticket to buy. You get to see great golf, tournament golf, instead yeah. of just like a practice round. And right. You get to tour the whole course. Right. So, yep. Go on Sunday. Uh, it is a, I, I hope that secret isn't out. It, I'm pro- it yeah. probably is, but it'll, yeah. yeah, I'm sure that'll end up filling. Oh, up. people are going to end up doing that because, mm-hmm. I mean, part of the mystique of going to a, a, the Masters is just to honestly just go see right. the golf course. Yeah. And, you know, number one, I think, um, I mean, it's, it, it, it should be number one on everybody's list, but I, I look at it a little bit different. Of course, Tigers win at the Masters was spectacular for a moment, but for the game itself, his re his reemergence and his ability to to move the needle for all of us, all the way down to the kids that play golf and whatnot, is the most important thing that's going on. And for hopefully, sure. I mean, there's just nothing touches that. So that would be uh, I would say from 2019 would be kind of the top couple of moments that I thought uh, yeah. uh, were worth talking about. So it's good. John? I like it. Mr. John, what you got, buddy? I, I mean, for, from a team personal perspective, it was um, definitely the, the match we had against Peyton side. That was, um, it was just more than anything. It was, it was so much fun. I mean, we all played incredibly well. Peyton just, putted very very well he had to shoot a he told us he had to shoot a round of his life to beat us so you know that's that's and he that's pretty much did. <laughs> he shot 66 and it wasn't 64 but 70. it was pretty close <laughs> josh's josh and i 72s did not cut the mustard so nope. um it's crazy you know that was that was awesome um and then uh personally like for individual wise was the uh uh player of the year TPC championship. Oh yeah. Players club. Yeah. Home that, that, that nice trophy, which I'm not giving back Mark. I'll buy a new one. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> that was awesome. I love that. We started that. I can let it travel. Okay. Talk, talk right. about the new pro shutting something down. Yeah. That would be hilarious. Shuts down the TPC. Yeah, no, you guys can't do that. We'll go to Blair slide. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought the TPC was awesome. And then um, um, for professional wise, I mean, for ranking wise, I mean, yeah, I think it's everybody's consensus. Number one thing is Tiger Woods winning a, winning the, um, a major. No one expected it. It was awesome. It was great for golf. I think it's like instilled like a new kind of like energy. It's also just, Tiger's got that swagger back, man. Even like you just see him at the presence, like it's just he does what he wants to do now, and everybody follows. Like his, it, it's it's a cool thing to see. I didn't think we'd see this again, um, and I don't know how long it'll last, but um, it's good. It's good. It's good for the game. I think everybody agrees with that, except Mark. It just <laughs> it just highlighted that he's got probably the most complete game on tour mm-hmm. uh, at a, cl- a club like. Royal Melbourne burn. Uh, like you have to use the course to your advantage and come up with some creative shots. And I was just, you know, it's primetime golf. You're just sitting there in awe 
of kind of what he's able to to construct on a course while you have your typical bombing gouging American player. They didn't fare as well. They did on the singles matches, but it was getting a little dicey there in the uh, team play. So, but uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, it's pretty spectacular to see him do it after all he's uh, gone through and is especially his getting into his age. What do you turn 44 today? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, El Tigre. Happy birthday to the El Tigre. I love you. The big cat. The big cat. We love you. You, buddy. Um, uh, Not a lot of highlights this year uh, for me. I came in in second a lot. Um, What are you sipping on, Mark, by the way? uh, We are sipping on, right now, uh, I've got the uh, St. Elmo's uh, bourbon. uh, made The St. Elmo's cola cocktail that they recommended. So yeah, sipping on that. Um, Sorry, you're, go ahead. you're jumping ahead. You're jumping, you're, you're ahead. jumping ahead, but I, no, I know, no, I know you got a beer, but you hear some clinking and clanking. I get it. Yeah, I hear clanking. I got to ask. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. That's good. That's good. So yeah, I can't, a lot of second places. Um, uh, so it's kind of a frustrating year uh, from that perspective for me. Um, you know, Low round, nothing official because it was Let's a, hear the a story casual again. match. Yeah. You should <laughs> have it. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, I gotta go. You, sh- you should have the story uh, down pretty well. It's probably the hundredth time you've told it. So let's uh, don't tell it. Anyway, um, but that that was that was fun. How close were you to getting a hole in one on fourteen? And who tackled you on the way that like the the details are kind of I don't know. Uh, Sexton sorry. almost tackled me. But anyway, um, sorry, it's a good story. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, personally, whatever, uh, team wise came in second in the member member got blown out in first round of that. Um, I did take it to the final four in the singles match play, I guess, but so I don't know if those really highlights again, a lot of seconds, a lot of coming up short kind of scenarios. I guess, I guess a highlight there is that coach Bryant took me down. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a great, another highlight. That was a highlight, highlight um, for me. Yep. For me, low light, whatever you want to say. Um, I thought though that uh, um, the Skype team... Grace. You guys need to Skype Grace right now. Skype we, Grace tried and... to, we tried to get him um, in here, but he's. I I did I did really enjoy organizing the TPC stuff this year though for our inaugural season for that with the neighbors uh, neighbor guys. I thought that was uh, uh, it was fun and although I didn't really win anything, I came in second I think in a couple things as well because that's pretty much the way my year went. Um, but uh, that was uh, that was a lot of fun, so I'll agree with you there, John. And then uh, for me, I, I, I totally agree. I think the Tiger story is fantastic. Um, and after the President's Cup, I really I saw this where he started – he bonded with all these younger guys, and I, I felt like he – when he was hurt and he was still – like it was like this weird in and out of golf or whatever – I think he has the opportunity because he's essentially back to truly like pass the torch. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas it was like this weird, mysterious, like, will he ever play again? There's no real torch passing, but now like he led a president's cup team. He's bonded with all these younger guys. And I'm hoping he just kind of eases his way out of the game. Kind of like Phil's doing right now yep. to your point on Phil um, in that, Phil still has some great golf in him. He hits bombs. He's hilarious on Twitter. He's going to be a great champions tour, like draw mm-hmm. for all those type of tournaments. People are going to go to see Phil and Freddie and whatever. But, um, 
I, I, I think this is a chance for Tiger to, to help pass the torch to maybe hopefully some of these other guys because he's stirring up the enthusiasm around it again. And then uh, lastly, and this kind of just came recently, though, and it's it's not really pro golf. It's kind of, you know, club pro golf. But um, the best segment of the year for CPG had to be the where are they now <laughs> segment that uh, he put together on Holly Saunders yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, Very, and congratulations Holly. and that train wreck that is going on. But, um, <laughs> what is his name? Vegas, Dave. Awesome Vegas, Dave. Dave. <laughs> it's, it's pretty classic. Hey, when you're in love, you're in love. That's right, yeah, man. You have no better time than the present. Congratulations. Uh, you too. Yeah. Uh, may you have uh, just a lifetime of love and happiness. And that there is, where that. are they now? So CPG it, continuing to entertain I know 2019. We're, it, 2020 we're jumping out again but i'll just kind of give you i'm, I'm going to be more positive in 2020 and not be so you know sarcastic at a is this can we can we cuss on this yeah Do absolutely i market i market oh, okay, explicit okay. i'm not trying to be an asshole anymore <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts it'll probably yeah. be like you know cutting sugar <laughs> in your diet so yeah <laughs> oh my god well, that's your I, is that that's your uh that's your, That's your resolution, Michael. I'm going to try like it. to not be as big of an ass and see where that get, takes me this it's year. It's hard to do. I yeah. trust me, I'm a pro at it. Um, so learn from the best. <laughs> so I think I think you just cut out the passive aggression, and I think oh, it's the best part. I think you got, I think <laughs> I, I think you might have something. All of a sudden, you oh, think this, like all that's like giving carbs and sugar up at the same time yeah you can't do both (laughs) michael did that like two years ago (laughs) yeah we we heard about it yeah yeah yeah, we've never heard that story before if you want to know more about it yeah new new year new year let's do it that's right yeah year new year let's get it all right so speaking of 2020 thanks for the 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 recap on 2019 gents um, speaking of 2020, I wanted to, and maybe we'll, uh, we'll jump to the guy in Florida first just to kind of shake it up. But, um, what are you guys looking forward to in this year? John, you're on, you're, you're traveling more to Florida potentially. Is that, you want to start there? That's my intent. Um, <laughs> I've got several booked flights, so hopefully they come through, but what do I want to do? And I'm, I'm going to work on my new swing. Coach has seen it. He was down here about a month ago for, um, for 2020. The, uh, nice for the fall member guest. Yeah. Um, there's a more there's a more controlled John off the tee, and you know I'll let I'll let I'll let Coach highlight that he can and he started he started uh, jumping on that bandwagon too. He was promoting it. So yeah, John's I'm gonna, in a good position. He was. Uh, <laughs> Set. High hands, a little was, bit, a yep. little bit hands shorter were, swing. Hands were set, a little less movement in the uh, in the takeaway, and and got his hands set and was very. Uh, we had a great week of golf. I mean, as far as off the tee went, so well, I, uh, I would agree. At least the story you just told me is that he kept the ball in play he off the tee. Kept the ball in play, whereas you, I did not keep did the ball not in keep play. the ball as much in play as much as which I is normally which is do. unusual for which your is game. Unusual. But, Which is uh, very unusual for you, James. John's uh, obviously we all know that he is extremely athletic, and and he uh, that's a known fact. That it's a known fact. Uh, known fact. fact. Yep. The, it's not known to Michael. One, do the guy. That was a statement of fact, and not a he question. He can do one-handed push-ups like no other. Okay. It's uh, 
whenever anything goes awry in the golf program, he goes, guys, watch my one-handed push-up. And then it just all goes <laughs> back. Can't get off the tee. Yeah. Can't get off the tee, but I'll do that. What are you, Coach, you, are you flying out to yeah. see Gankus? Yeah. Is, are you a Gankus disciple now? What's going on? <laughs> wow. Well, George Gankus? Right, I would say, I would say for John though, you had two things go. I mean, you have with the new swing and the um, with going to the even roll putter. This, I mean, that's going to be a continuation in the next year, right? I mean, would you oh, say another oh. year with the yep. claw? Oh, claw! Watch sure. out! That's, yeah, that's continuation. Yeah, that's yep. been great. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's. I mean, if you want to, I mean, Mark, are you saying, hey, let's. Let's touch on that topic of just personal, like, hey, that's what I look forward to. Sure. I'd say yeah. professionally, like, you know, I, do I predict um, who's going to win a major this year? Um, well, who? hey, let's go LT buy, Rick? sell. Let's go buy, sell on winning majors this okay. year. Okay. So who are you buying, John, on winning a major this year? Like, who? if you're going to put you're money. Just trying to get, no, I'm not going first because you're trying to take the bait. So let, let Michael go first. Well, let me ask you this. Coach. For your personal, let's say all things being equal as last year, what what event are you most looking forward to? Person, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, club From a personal standpoint, 100%. club championship. Okay. Club yeah. championship, 100%. Okay. Um, I'm going to make a run. I'd, I'd like make a, a run. I like it. I could agree with that. I think you are. Set your goals high. Set your goals high. We just got to We got to uh, take a knife and just go right to the back of the ankle to Pate. We're good to go, right? <laughs> Deep shit right there. <laughs> I don't want to be part of this conversation. <laughs> I, isn't that like it's someone? That's a, there's a Caddyshack joke in there, isn't there? Like where Carl Spackler's uh, asking him if he just needs to take out the judge, right? Ultimate respect for me. Yeah, there you go. See, where, where are the where are the besides besides Augusta? Where are the other three majors next year? Oh, that would have required research. Uh, yeah. Well, let's we just, look at yeah, up. we'll delay this conversation. If the buy Walmart. sell was going to be off the majors, I would have done the research. Well, I guess I can, uh, as Mark is researching our research guy, I will go in for the uh, 2020 personal goals. I also too was seeing a uh, shrink, or, I mean a swing coach, nineteen. <laughs> but a uh, four lesson package with a local pro here, highly uh, regarded, and I uh, was working on some things. And uh, yeah, now it's just you know taking the pencil to the paper, writing some things down, getting it going, and practicing. As you probably will find me at Chatham, I am on the mats, just grinding. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I live when I have some free time. So I got a hitting mat and some a net for the, the winter off-season workouts and just uh, progressing. Now, I think I said last year that my goal was at some point in time in the future that my goal would be to win the club championship. I de- didn't necessarily say by... 2020 which you guys are smirking about but yeah i'm realistic that this isn't happening anytime soon without some i don't know uh miraculous change in my life where i'd be able to play golf a lot but i'm looking forward to that in the future so first thing though michael gotta gotta keep grinding you got yeah you gotta enter the tournaments though that's the, the tournaments game. that I do participate in, I do have some high success in. So I'm going to let you have it this year, potentially, and then, uh, you know, get there after that. So 
He's I, a gamer. Yep, 2021. I, I, uh, a gamer I, I believe I'm at the table. You're not sitting at the table, John, but uh, metaphorically, I was the only one that entered into the next round to participate in the member-member. <laughs> so God. maybe that's something for you he's, guys to look forward to. He's still bitter that I didn't ask him to be my partner in Yeah, that I was a little either. offended by that, but shout out to Matt. You know, I was dragging his carcass around the yep. course, so that was a lot of fun. He'll, he'll, he'll admit to that. It happened. But we had a we had a good time. It was it was fun to shake things up. There you go. You don't know what you don't know That's until right. it's gone, right? That's right. I would agree with TPC that. TPC Harding is the. Uh... Yeah. So we got <laughs> moving on to back to our uh, buy sell here. So we have yes, TPC Harding in San Francisco is a PGA Championship, yeah. Winged Foot U.S. Open, Ooh, and uh, Royal St. George. George's and uh, good old sandwich uh, is the British. So I couldn't or the I, open. Unfortunately, I don't know anything about any of these courses except for Weenfoot was where Phil collapsed mm-hmm. in 2006, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be yeah, that's a tough course. That's a yeah. tough golf course. That's the last uh, Darren Clark won the last time at Royal St. George's. Oh, and so. he's still celebrating. Yep, he's yeah, just he's still drinking celebrating since he, that was a decade ago in yep. 2010, pretty much. Uh, and uh, yes, he's still celebrating 10 years later. Very nice, which is awesome. But uh, so yeah, all right. So we Something can go back to a uh, Masters. I mean, let's all four to go through that. Who's you, who, Michael? Who's going to win the Masters this year? He will be my pick until he is no longer he no longer has his tour card, and that is uh, Jordan Spieth. <laughs> he might get kicked off the PGA Tour, but invited back to the Masters. I just all of a sudden love my like all of a sudden. Wow, wow. just became He's my friend again. I just put my kiss, kiss, my hand. Might kiss you through the yep. phone. Yeah, I, he, my arms around here, your shoulder right now. I didn't, I'm not going to deep dive into my pro golf analysis. I know that you don't He's have to get it. You don't have to hit it very far at Augusta. You can spray it all over the course. There's no rough. And he is statistically probably, I don't know how he ended up at the end of the year, but in the like first quarter of the season, he was probably the best putter on tour. So if he just figures out some of his, uh, you know, faults, I guess, or whatever he's having trouble with, it's mostly off the tee, but you can get away with it at Augusta. So he will always be a front runner in my mind until he's no longer playing. So I'm going to take my boy deep, Mark? deep. You going with me now, huh? Mark, uh, who are you going at the at, a, at the Masters? Um, I'm not going to go with Jordan Spieth. <laughs> Shock. Yeah. I know. Um, I, I think there's a couple things there. To me, I always feel like it comes down to the putter and then course knowledge. So I always like people with some mm-hmm. good experience and some people that are uh, just deadly with the flat stick. And and one guy that, to me, he just he sneaks around that course and it'll depend on how his game is. And I might call him more my dark horse or my long shot, but I like Brent Snedeker. Mm. Um, he's played well out there, and he's due. Yep. He is super due, um, but the uh, um, but I, th- I think he's he's one candidate that you cannot overlook uh, for sure. And then the other great putter, and God, he's due to win something is Ricky Fowler. Uh, and so and to me, those are that's never going to happen. And uh, but those are <laughs> yeah, it comes down to put. Rick's got to figure Most it out. He's got to figure out how to close. <laughs> but 
I'm gonna split mine then too. Yeah, I go was ahead. I'm gonna go with Ricky. I'll split mine with I'll split mine with you. Don't and be distracted the by the other, Puma. The other He's guy that, that um, is going to go on a run at some point is John Rom, and I would and he the ball flight he plays is perfect for Augusta. Um, now, with with that being, if Tiger plays like he did at the Presidents Cup, he will win Augusta again because he is the greatest player at Augusta that we've yep. ever seen. Yep. And um, Agreed. Uh, Let me I, ask I, you I, this, I don't coach. Want, I don't want to choose Tiger for every for every one. No, right. Uh, it's, if you uh, had a player on your team being mm-hmm. the coach that had an attitude like John Ron, Rom, how long would he last on your team? It, it depends on how. Pro, I'm going to answer how that for you. Consistently as he he's, he's gone after his first blow up. <laughs> I don't he, know. He can't handle his emotions, and therefore he will never win a major. He's yep. It just doesn't need to make any double bogeys. What do you think, John? How long would John Rom make it on the? Rest of the well, your your hands would be on the ground because you have too many rings on your hand from the state <laughs> championship. Yes, right. so <laughs> we yeah, like a little he, fire he, on the Westfield he, Golf Team. We just prefer he won him in, in won, Spanish and curse words. <laughs> I think he won five times last year. Yeah, five times. Rom is solid. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Got, I, he's, I pick he's, him. I pick him to win at Wingfoot. I don't. I like I I can go to my picks, but just don't uh, pick an answer right now, okay? I mean, I know that's so. This is going to be a positive statement, <laughs> you know. When you're married, you totally just have a clear head and nothing yeah. gets in your way, you know. So good for him; he just got married. <laughs> it's totally he's going to have a free mind now. Nothing is going to stop him now. He and Ricky both. Huh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> Oh shit! I might take back my Ricky pick. I forgot about that. Because yeah. uh-huh. we know what happened to Spieth when he yeah. got married. Went to Ooh. all went to shit. We did an invite to the Hart family Thanksgiving. Oh, man, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, okay, so who's still so who's still single? <laughs> yeah, who's single? <laughs> who's still single? All right, I got uh, now. I'm picking Bryson DeChambeau yeah. or Justin Thomas to be a definitely a major champion. And J- John Rahm, good, did he just get those media? are good picks. Right? Cameron Champ. There we go. Justin yep. Thomas, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. Dustin Johnson. He's single. Yeah, he's, yeah, Brooks right. Kepka, Brooks Kepka. single. They're yeah. all those guys are single. Yeah, yeah. Until they're married. That's true. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah, they're still Sorry. they're still rolling their own. They're yeah. they're yeah. throwing their own punches. Yeah, you can't walk off a golf course after winning a major and ignore your wife like uh, like Kepka, Kepka did. Ignored his girlfriend. Oh after yeah. Winning the, like he was like, I can't be bothered with you right yeah. now. That was bad ass. It was. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> it was yeah. He, yeah. He's definitely an alpha. <laughs> All right, John. What's your uh, <laughs> masters? Do you already did you already comment uh, on that? Um. Well, there was, yeah. Well, I'm I'm a Spieth guy, so I, I I think he has finally went through enough marriage life or demons, whatever he needs to do. I mean, the guy, people forget like how quick that guy. His 2015 was just it was insane. His year was crazy. So I, the guy's got three majors. He's got he almost won it in 2016. So yes. he was a shot away from winning it in uh, back-to-back years. So. He loves that place. It sets up for him. He's a great putter. He was putting, like you said, Michael, last year well. He gets that back. As long as he doesn't have that two-way miss off the tee, he's, he's going to be in contention. He was in contention a little bit last year. A little bit. He, 
he, he wasn't like what did he place like 11th or something final i don't know what his final place I think he was. snuck into that top 15 on yeah. sunday so he's he's gonna be there i think he's my pick to win but um i mean i'll just bleed all over to the other majors i think uh coaches uh pick on rom that guy he is going to win and it's gonna be a it's gonna be and he's more of an american style type player even though he's european he he's he's a just a basher and a gouger and and he's gonna win wingfoot. I think that's one I think he'll win. I picked that one and then I don't know where the other ones are at. You said uh, Royal St. George. I don't know who the hell's gonna win that. I mean Darren Clark maybe again. I, agree. I have no idea. Uh, I like I like um, I also like Tommy Fleetwood um, to possibly. Uh, contend he had he had like a little bit of a, a rough second half of the year he kind of was better in the first half of the year but uh, I think he's he's been one that's been lingering a little bit Justin Rose is always so steady and and I and player of the year McElroy I don't yeah. think you can count him out of Wingfoot PGA or Royal St. George's um, he's a contender every time I I'd love for him to get his masters too it's just not gonna fucking happen it's just not gonna happen but he'll, he'll no be one's picking no one's picking Brooks. Oh, just you wait. No, that dude, that is he is right there with McElroy. Again, every tournament, including the Masters, by the way, he's in. Sorry, he is a contender, top ten, most likely in all in all of them as long as he's healthy. He Why did, was he not in the President's Cup? What was wrong with him? Uh did he have knee knee, knee surgery? Well, isn't it uh he's a European player, so he wouldn't be included in the President's Cup. Brooks Kepka? No, I thought you said Rory. Oh no, no we're talking about Kepka. Kepka was injured. Yeah, knee injury. Yeah, but um, AK just wanted to go on vacation. He does. Yeah, he care. had knee surgery. I don't know if it was like bad or whatever, but I don't think or he serious. About but that stuff. I'm pretty sure he didn't care to travel to Australia. Um, it's interesting. No one's no one's <laughs> choosing Matthew Wolf for any of these things. You know, he's the, give it a couple of years. Yeah. Give it a couple of years. I, I think there's going to be needs, some some fresh guys that yeah. come up, and you're going to be like, oh, wow. I, um, they're I, competing, like the, I, like the, I like the PGA mimes with, about Brooks Kepka. What does it say? It quotes him saying, I don't really, I don't really like golf, but whatever. It's pretty much, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I it, I want to be a football player, but I'm only good at golf. This sucks. So, so let's <laughs> talk. I think, I think we all have who we like, and it's yep. a lot of great players from last year. Um, I think to your point, like your Matthew Wolf, your um, there's there's obviously some Cameron of these other champ. young guys that yeah champ um, that and there's guys that have been lingering a Victor little bit too, like Kissner's been li- lingering right, and and some of these other guys have been uh, like Matthew Fitzpatrick. He's mm-hmm. been kind of lingering around, you know, those kind of things, but or those guys, but um, what are guys though that we are like selling at this point? I mean, what are ones that I we think are I think Kuchar. they're Think Cooch Cooch has run his course. I think he's he he's a steady player. He's steady, he's but gamer. he just doesn't he doesn't have a killer instinct. I will go against that statement. That so he's not he's, he's not a major winning? champion yeah. winner yeah. to win or top ten. What are we selling? Just I, I just think the winner. So just selling guys in general, saying you know like this is just not going to be their year, um, whether it be in a major or it be. Um, you know, just in general, you, you see him kind of falling off. Yeah, I just Cooch is—he's always gonna make the cut and contend. He's just not gonna win. I just don't see it happening. 
the crowd all the ta- talent that they're we so just you're selling about. cooch on majors yeah. yeah i yeah i wouldn't be buying him either i the crowd's not gonna like this but i don't i don't think 2020 i don't like the course setups for justin thomas i think that's one that i mean I, I think that long term he's going to have. I think he's going to win some majors, but uh, some more majors. But I don't know. I, I think he's got a little bit of a. a there's going to be an adjustment period, like Spieth went through, and just the setups of these. Besides Augusta, Augusta sets up fine for Justin. Yep. Um, but I think that the other three. Now I say that, and he could. He's going to win two of the three, and you guys can <laughs> laugh at me and replay this. But that that'd be my guy this year. That would be a really good player. That I would sell. I love your Tommy Fleetwood pick, though. I really do. I I'm think selling that he, Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah, I think you're selling Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Yep. Yeah. He needs so, to cut I'm, the hair. I'm selling Fowler. <laughs> you're Another selling really, Fowler. Another yeah, guy I would so. sell that's been really good would be Adam Scott. I think that his he's I, on I, the down. No chance that yep. he wins a major this year. Yep. I don't think there is either. Um, and uh, I. God, I'd love to see it happen, and he just keeps lingering. But I, he's kind of like on the Fowler realm to me, other than he hasn't been around as long. But Tony Finau, mm. um, to me, has been like a guy you're like, oh, top 10 again, or yep. second place again, or third place. And you're like, he just, I think to your point, like killer instinct, like Cooch, I just yeah. don't think he has it. And um, he, I mean, he hasn't even won a tournament, but yet he's a top 20 player in the world. Right. It's crazy. Finau. Yeah. He is good, man. He he just always has that round. I mean, you know what? He just always has that one round. The one round that that you can't win a major with. That's 74. Well, he can't win a tournament with. He has yet to win a tournament. He's 16th in the world, by the way, and has never won a tournament. That's how well he plays, like consistent he plays, but just never plays great to close it out. Mm -hmm. That's just the problem with trying to predict these things is you've got – all these guys who can just catch lightning in a bottle yep. at the right time and just find it uh, for that one weekend. And it happened with Gary Woodland. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, he's a great player, always yep. consistent, but he somehow put it together. But at on his heels were some phenomenal players that were just waiting yep. for him to mess up. And he, I mean, he had to pull off some clutch shots there at the end to, to keep himself. Yeah. Feet, uh, feet. Michael, so I, I think like what you said there, like he actually won the term. The two guys that come to mind that like won a turn, like a major that like, how did they win it was Webb Simpson and Willett. I mean, they both two players had to collapse. And like, I remember watching that, that U S open was that Olympia field or something mm-hmm. where, and you didn't see Webb Simpson on the TV until he was in the clubhouse with his girlfriend at the time or his wife. And like, like Hey, you just won the U.S. Dad. Open. Everyone had, it was bad. Yeah. Well, you didn't, you watched nothing of him playing golf. At least Garrett Woodland had to win it. How about the fact though, that Webb Simpson, he literally has to be on every team contest forever. He's the only guy that can play with anyone. Yeah. Like, do you notice how every dog that is on the team, uh, uh, that's Webb's partner. No matter yeah. who, no matter yeah. which team you talk about, Ryder. Who's going to play with Patrick uh, Reed? Uh, I'll play with him. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take Patrick. Patrick. Happy to yeah. be here. Yeah. Yeah. Webb's like, this, yep, me and Dowd, we get along with everybody. Dowd, yep. yep. <laughs> well, I think that's the he's talent the talent pool yep. and kind of to where I think we're all kind of going with this. The talent pool is so deep yep. on this tour now. They, these guys are all so good on any given week. Any of them can step up and 
And uh, it's what like Brendan Todd, mm-hmm. what he obviously did before we got into right. the holidays. And I mean, he rattled off like three tournaments in a row, one, two, and then like what finished second right. in the other one. I mean, three weeks in a row. That's that was crazy. Normal. Dude, well, that was crazy. And that was not recognized. Hot golf. Well no, not recognized well at all. You know, before we got on, you were talking about, you know, ending one decade and going to the next de- next decade. And I might be segueing for you. Yep. But when you when you think about what's the next 10 years going to look like. The, the change in, in how difficult it is to get on the tour and how ready these guys are, it I mean, anyone at this point who tees it up can win every week, and that's just never that hasn't been the case until a couple years ago. Yep. And these young guys, they are so prepared through junior golf and through college golf, and it's just you're, it's going to be the guys who have won, 60 and 70 times. I mean, you're, you're just, it's going to be really difficult for anybody. I don't care how good these young guys are, you know, all the way down to even like Dustin Johnson, who's in his early thirties. I mean, he, it's going to be really difficult for him to win 50 times. And, um, and he's one of the greatest players now that'll probably, you could say is one of the top 50 maybe ever. Um, but it, the, I think the next decade you're going to see so many, Oh my God, that guy won a major in 2022, that guy won. And it's because they, in any given week, that one player, they can have their Gary Woodland mode and Tony Finau, he's going to back his way one time at some point into, he's going to win a major. He will, yeah. um, unless he gets injured, it, it'll yeah. just happen. Well, he's we'll playing happy and we'll go. And then yeah. that'll be his, you know, that'll be his moment in the sun. But these multiple major winners, I just don't see in the next decade, you're going to have a lot of, of, you know, guys who have won four majors. I mean, maybe you get a couple to win two. Um, and I think you're seeing it now outside of like Brooks Kepka. I mean, and then Jordan went in his little, his little burst, like what, who else is in the three category? I mean, maybe I should research that. But, yeah. You know, well, I, I think what'll be really curious, uh, as well as is, is for guys like Finau or, Kepka or Johnson that have been just so consistent. How many of these other young players, because they're so prepared as they are, because they have every all the technology at their fingertips that they do, how many more players are going to become consistent like these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Where they are week in and week out making cuts. And I feel like in previous decades, yep. we saw these guys where they would go through like, three month bursts or two months bursts where they like played great. And then they kind of fell off, but they were able to keep their tour card cause yeah. they won once and right. like made a bunch of cuts for like a month and then they fell off. Right. But like, here's like a, here's one guy that I think we all can relate to. That is a today's golfer that, that he's, this is that player that I'm talking about that is like the classic plays well for one stretch. And then you go, Charlie Hoffman. Okay. So Charlie Hoffman plays well every spring. Mm-hmm. He plays great on the West Coast swing. Yep. He plays great in California, and he plays really well in Arizona. And then the guy disappears. And he he, and he, he somewhat competes well. at the Masters yep. and then He's vanishes. Gone. Yep. For the rest of the year, and that that's what the tour used to be in like the '90s, mm-hmm. and even in the 2000s, it was like Tiger was the first one to be like in it every week. And you're like, right. and Phil, yeah, right. He was like Tiger and Phil were in it every week, and there was all these other guys that would like they'd play well on the West coast mm-hmm. or they'd play well on the Florida swing or whatever it is. And they'd come, you know, they'd bounce around in different probably things that fit there. But I think more of these kids are going to be used to playing golf all around the country, mm-hmm. comfortable playing in any kind of conditions. And we're going to find more that are going to try to be making cuts. Well, and the new, 
the new wraparound schedule, if they continue forward, which I believe they're going to because it's it's a bigger win for the PGA Tour, which did you see the numbers of what what CBS and everybody's paying the P I mean a triple I mean it's 750 million dollars wow. instead of 300 million wow um, and so you got more commercials right Can't wait. so the yeah. so the wraparound schedule um, it's going to demand that those guys I mean you've got to compete you've got to compete in all locations so now basically instead of the instead of the season starting in California where you have your fun event in Hawaii and then you start in California yeah. it's starting in September and for 75 of the 125 guys that have their card, they've got to be grinding starting in September. I yeah. mean, unless you're a top 50 player, you get you get no breathing room. Yeah. And if you don't play well as a top 50 player for a given year, you're then the next year not going to have any breathing room. And then it's so it's just. Well, I think that's why we're starting to see requiring. like your Zach Johnsons yep. Yep. and some of these other guys that so. are still. Yep. Hmm? So. <laughs> <laughs> that well, but that are going to slip off. Yeah. Because there's going to be guys that you're like, wow, for years mm -hmm. he played so consistent. And he still actually plays consistent golf. He might did he even win a tournament last year. Mm -hmm. But, but yet, like, yep. it's got like, you know, he slipped. Yeah. And, um, or maybe it was two years ago he won, but still. I, it'll be really interesting to see how many guys can just right. play consistent. Like you were saying, like all throughout the year, regardless of, of where we're swinging through, it'll be good. But, um, good segue yeah. into the next decade of golf. So we're following off a, a year of golf, whereas we were kind of joking. I mean, I don't know if 10 years ago I would have been really quick to pull up as much data and information that I can find on golfers or whatever 10 years ago. I know it was starting to populate in there probably on, you know, especially sports websites and stuff, but the amount of data that we can find now and the information we can find and how powerful this device is that we all carry in our pockets is, um, obviously taking things to another level. The fact that this can be a track man <laughs> essentially, yeah. right? Like right. your phone can, can be a track man is pretty crazy. And so in the next 10 years, there's, there's obviously, um, plenty of controversy around rules and equipment and the ball being too long and all this kind of stuff, uh, courses having to lengthen trouble with courses, uh, closing and just the popularity of golf. I mean, where do you guys think the game's going to be in 10 years? So, um, it's a great question. I think there's an equipment problem. I don't think they know how to control it. I think the companies that are innovating this, the clubs and the balls, they're making, I don't want to sound too like conspiracy theorists, but like they, they may, they're in the business to gain five to 10 yards on a driver, because why would you spend $600 every year unless you know you can get a competitive advantage? So, unless someone really puts their foot down on kind of restricting that, I just think it's going to continue in it. I don't think you can find a golf course that can keep up with that. And unfortunately you're going to start losing some iconic spots and, you know, Augusta has the most iconic footprint, but they're already preparing to extend holes and buying property all around it. And you're going to just kind of see a natural evolution of the equipment kind of driving this game. But as far as like just people playing golf, I I think it's kind of troublesome. We live in a culture where four or five hours to play a game uh, is not really reasonable or realistic. I think people are busier. I think they find other interests. So what you probably will see is people getting really creative on how they design courses, which will be fun. 
for me, I think at least to kind of keep everyone's interest. And one example I have is Sweetens Cove is a nine hole course that, uh, some guys went in and renovated. There's used a lot of stuff online about it, but I had an opportunity to play there. And basically it was an old rundown city course that they came in and said, Hey, we're going to just turn this into a golfer's paradise. Like we're going to make it kind of just crazy, huge green complexes, like everything you can imagine, you know, multiple pins on each hole so you can change it up and you can play white flags versus uh, blue flags for this round. And you can literally spend the entire day on nine holes and feel like you played a different course and you, they have different routing for the nine holes. So if you're the only ones left on the course, you can hit off the first tee into the ninth green and that's your new par three. Like, I mean, things like that, I think are really going to start to pick up same guys that are, that did Sweetens are looking at a course in Mississippi is an old country club. And you probably think, Oh, they're just redoing the 18. Now they're making a 12 hole course. So there is, uh, three holes that will route you out and back to where you started. If you only have time to play three holes, which I think is really smart. And then you can play, you know, four different threes in different order. Like, and it really just kind of shake things up. I think 18 holes will be your standard, you know, championship golf, uh, amount, but I think the way people play is going to change dramatically. And I think you'll see less and less of these country club, 18 hole courses pop up and more of these kind of specialty courses, uh, to keep people engaged. So that's kind of where I see the game going. And, uh, hopefully, you know, it's the interest is at the level it is right now. It's too good of a game for it to kind of slip away. So I think people are starting to see it and uh, evolving how they're looking at this sport, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, I, I think that's great insight, Michael. I'm, I, it was interesting. I got an email from uh, my golf spy guys uh, today, and there's uh, a new lightweight driver, you know, announcement that they posted about on their on their blog. And but what the interesting part to me was the statistics that they shared, which was, uh, you know, is that just a niche market that they're going after? And uh, the According to the National Golf Foundation, the average golfer is a 46-year-old right-handed male who makes over 100 grand and tees it up 18 times a year. And so, um, but the stat that matters of that is that one-third of all golfers are actually over the age of 50, and that group plays over 60% of the rounds and spends most on equipment. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's a big number. The, they comment then on that, the, obviously that boomer age is going to continue or, you know, that group and the Xers, that group's going to continue to grow. And I'm going to totally like, I guess, follow up on what you're saying. I think as we all get older and we think about, you know, what do I, you know, maybe if I still wouldn't even play five, three holes, six holes, right. Whatever it may be. Um, and maybe maybe I just want to play nine or whatever it is. Give me some options and we can, we can shake it up and we create it. I look at like these simulators that we've got at this point. I mean, my, my kids just got the Oculus deal, right? I mean, like virtual reality type deal. Mm -hmm. And I think about playing in John simulator or whatever and saying, Hey, we just played six holes. We're good with that. And it took us an hour or two, yeah. but we got it done and we had fun and we hung out for an evening or what we did. So I, I think, 
and, and Top Golf obviously is is pushed it to this as well. You know, what can we do in two hours? What can we do in the time that we have right now? Um, there is still absolutely going to be the hey, there's the tradition. It's 18 holes. That's tournament play. That's serious play. But what are we going to do to make the game fun? Maybe shake it up each time we go out. I actually had a I actually had a ton of fun last week with the weather being nice. Playing temp greens, the course was just a different setup. We played it from the gold tees, but you know you're sh- you're shooting short of the greens. Uh, you're right. You actually aren't really aiming at a green. You're shooting kind of. I felt like I was more relaxed shooting into something <laughs> that wasn't a target as much of a target. I don't know. It was it was still yeah. fun. Um, so I think shaking up, doing things different. I'm hope the game evolves there a little bit. Can possibly bring some younger kids that, as I'm just talking about probably more interested in slapping on an Oculus and wandering around some virtual world for an hour than they are going out onto a golf course. So, um, at any rate, I think that, uh, you're onto something, Michael, and I hope we, we see a uh, golf evolved there yeah, as well. And I, I would say one of my biggest uh, gripes and I'm not a land planner or country club developer, but, um, our, our track it's, you have to play, nine holes or 18 there's no routing to jump from like i'm going to play three holes so for me i've got a limited window of time to say hey i'm going to hit some balls but hey what if i in in a rhythm let's take it out to the course and really practice the game where you really you know develop your skills i gotta i gotta take a cart and i gotta you know jump from holes there's no good way of doing it and you know, Chatham's not the only place that's done that. That's a number of places that have just yep. evolved into the uh, you're you're jumping from holes and there's homes all around it. And I get it. I'm not trying to be critical of that, but uh, I just think a lot of people have so many distractions in life that you know, four or five. Like, and I would love to spend all day yeah. on a golf course. Yeah, I can see. I can see what, what you're saying, Michael. I mean, like, look you know, basketball evolved in like backyards and stuff, but we're never going to have like real tournament golf ever go to evolve. But we're, you know, talking like that. Hey, three, nine holes. Yeah, okay. That'll yeah. never happen. No. We're, that's, we're, you're that's just talking from a leisure perspective. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The general population keeping the, the game popular. I think, you know, it has to shake it up. You have yeah. to have options for, because if you think this model that's, present today is going to last i i think you'll see more closures how many of those old farts down in naples play just nine john not many most of them will play 18 yeah but yeah but they whip they whip around in like two and a half hours though don't they they're fast yeah they aren't trying to lower their handicap (laughs) no and then even they just they they just fast i mean like actually I played nine today with my brother-in-law, and we we got around in an hour and twenty minutes. Wow! I mean, everybody just moves. They just move. Wait, yeah. guys, so my phone is uh, gonna die. It is. Like, yeah, I'm at I'm at one percent, and I'm I'm gonna pull the plug on you guys. This is, That's this good. Has been good. This has been well, good, though. Guys, we appreciate you joining us. Well. I want to listen to review though. I'll listen to it tomorrow. Sounds I'll good. Review on the, on the on the on the on the booze. Well, happy so. happy New Year, John. We appreciate you joining us uh, from from Naples, and uh, hopefully you'll get a few more rounds in before you uh, come back 
to good old Indiana. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right. See you, John. See you, buddy. Bye. All right. Well, uh, thanks to John for joining us again. Um, we are, we're back and to wrap up our decade predictions here. Mr. Brian, I don't think you had a chance to weigh in. Yeah. The, um, I think, so obviously the game's under attack a little bit. And, and I would say in predicting all the way to 2029, you've got to start looking at, at what are, you know, what are the, what are kids doing so that when I say kids, what are seven to 14 year olds doing so that when they're in their twenties and, and late thirties and, and you do see a lot of changes in how golf courses are approaching revenue generation and what they're doing, like the PGA junior league, you know, you've got, I mean, it's a massive movement around the country where, and, and it's the first team kind of show up and play with a friend. It doesn't matter. You can hit a bad shot. You just go pick your ball up and go to your buddy's ball. I mean, it is true scramble golf. And, and for the first time ever, I mean, it, you're seeing kids and parents not afraid to sign their kid up to play golf because it's okay if they can't, if they can't hit a ball off the tee when they first show up. And I, and I think Prior to that, it was really difficult to get anybody to play to come play golf in an event because it'd be like, oh well, you know, Mark doesn't play golfy. I mean, Mike's son, he's just, yeah, you know, he plays all these other sports. He's not ready for this. But oh, by the way, now we have this sort of concept, and you see a lot of kids. I mean, you go around to every public golf course in Hamilton County, and there's 36 kids at this place and 45 at this, and I mean. Pebblebrook has like around a, a local place here has seven teams of 12 kids, 84 kids playing in a league mm-hmm. that, I mean, think about in our day, like you'd never see that. So, I mean, there's a lot of advances going towards that. I mean, we live in an environment right here at this golf course that is, that will be, in my opinion, moving forward as far as country club life, the Bridgewaters and Chathams of the world where you draw in these social memberships where you guarantee a revenue stream so that the golf course can survive. You're yeah. I'm with you. You're not going to see hardly any more golf courses where it's like you got homes on five or six holes at most and it's a golf club only. I mean that those days are done. I mean, unless you have the lure of crooked stick or something like that, you're not going to get them. So, um, so I think I mean, that like what happened to Wolf run, right? I mean, yeah. iconic. Iconic, and you still couldn't even get a. I mean, you know, I mean, you couldn't get a revenue base to support in any sort of downturn. Um, I think that it will be interesting, you know, uh, as as you know, the the show knows, like you know, our perspective on junior golf and coaching kids. One of the main things we talk about is no matter what our goal is, is that to to support the game we love, the kids that were around, we need them playing. So everything we do is about trying to create. We don't want their last round of golf to be when they when they play, either they get cut from the team or their last round they play on the team because in, in reality, we need those kids playing yeah. and paying their green fees and, and joining clubs or else we're going to have a limited amount of places to go. Um, and so, I mean, I think that that's – you know, you, the newer golf pros are, are recognizing that 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 sort of thing is changing. Your your late twenties, early thirties golf pros are are seeing new things and how you you know it's not you know you're just not going to have guys show up and spend all day at the golf course. Everyone is going to be pulled in different directions. So you know we've got to have fun events and uh, and and I do see that guys are trying. Some things you know are succeed, some things fail, 
Um, I think professionally, I think we're headed in my opinion towards what you see in like, I'll take baseball and football, for example, the ball that a guy that Peyton Manning and Tom Brady throw on Sunday in the NFL is different than the ball that you, that our, our high school quarterback throws and our college guy throws. The baseball is different. And I think that eventually there will be a split at some point and it will probably be a meeting of the minds because at some point the golf courses can't get any longer. Um, and it's going to, at some point, guys are going to say, I want to see what we saw at Royal Melbourne. I want to see a guy have to hit golf shots. And, and at this point, I would argue next year, if every golf course, if, if every major tournament required golf shots to be hit, Tiger would win all four of them because he is the greatest ball striker still to this day when he's playing well. And, uh, and even he will be limited by the, by the length of a few of the golf holes, if it's wet and long, I mean, that's where he's going to struggle, but is that what makes the best golf firm? And we can always argue about that, but I think financially you just get to a point where you can't stretch them out any farther. Yeah. And, um, and I think there will be an understanding and it's going to be okay that, that there is eventually, um, there's eventually two sets of rules that the three of us at this table can go out and buy whatever helps us hit it 10 yards farther, because in reality, we may have lost two miles an hour of our swing speed. And so the little bit of gain in the, in the face of the golf club makes up for the fact we're five pounds heavier and we're just not as strong. And so we continually try to chase that. And, um, you know, so I think that that's going to be, you know, and it's very you know, contentious. Yeah. You know, you're, Tip, you're yeah. ruining right. the purity of the game. Yep by creating a different set of rules it, for the uh, pro. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree with you, though. Yep. It well, already, you look, I mean, hey, you look at yeah. baseball. Yeah, if yeah. they got a wooden bat, yep. they don't get to play with the aluminum bat that we or the ceramic bat that Absolutely. the kid's growing up with. And, and, every stadium and it, never cha- is, it never hurt my feelings yeah. that I hit home runs with an aluminum bat and no chance I would have hit one with a wood bat. <laughs> no way. No, no. chance. And I, it's, yeah. it's a farce to say that we are all playing the same game as the yeah. pros. They... The resources available to mm-hmm. them are out of out of control, and every club is dialed in for them. We yep. have we're starting to see it with the different little shops that are popping up that will fit you for every club, but that's if you have a well tuned swing that you yep. can replicate. So they're getting dialed in for every single club to maximize whatever parameters they want for every type of shot, and they have a truck that follows them around the country to make a new club if for some reason they need to play mm-hmm. a different type of shot at a golf course so well, i it to act like it's the same game is a false statement that i think everyone just thinks well it's not i don't think the it's golf course isn't the same i mean you, you no. think about so every week that these guys are traveling around is the super bowl for that golf course mm-hmm. and you know i'll go to a high school event if it doesn't rain Prairie View for the state golf finals for those two days in June, they amp it up to where you can get, I mean, this year in our practice round, we had kids getting 30 yards a roll out of their drives. And it was because the golf course was prepared to allow for that to play firm and fast. They can't keep it that way all year round. And so all of a sudden, all of a sudden everything is different. And that is what those guys experience every week. And so that's why some of the crazy carry, the, the carry distances don't change so much, but the crazy length of drive, I mean, they don't really hit it. 
if they came out here to Chatham and they played our wet golf course on a Saturday morning, yeah. which we normally that we normally experience, you know what? A guy like Jordan Spieth and whatnot, his ball is going to land. It's going to go two or three yards just like ours do, and it's going to be there. And you're going to go, oh, my God, Jordan Spieth is hitting it 27 yards short. It's the setup of the golf course. You it know? is. It they, is. They, yeah, yeah. They, they play those so firm and fast, yep. and they try to set them up that yeah. way that – they end up having these 330-yard, 360-yard mm-hmm. bombs. And, hey, yeah, there's a couple of these guys that are – they're freaks. Right. That, the, yeah. however, whatever they're doing yeah. – Dustin is, Johnson is a – is, is probably yep. ruining their body, no mm-hmm. different than Tiger ruined his body and had to – now has had to yep. reel it back in. Right. I mean, you're, you're Justin Thomas is and, – and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka are going to be in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point in their in yep. their lives, because of the way they've tweaked it, and even Fred Couples, who has one of the smoothest swings you'll ever see, never looked like he ever was violent at the ball. Right. The guy has just chronic back issues, mm-hmm. right? So, you're, that's part of the game that is going to happen. I, I think there will be an equipment change. I'm a, I'm a big fan of shrinking um, uh, wood size the wood, the size of wood heads okay. for pros. Yeah, um, gives it gives them less forgiveness off the face on any of those clubs. Um, I don't think you have to go as far as saying, hey, you need to play persimmon. Right. Like, we're putting them into a wood bat. Right. That could but be about, one concept. What about, but, like, a Masters-branded golf ball that they all have to play? I, I think that's another a way you could do it. That, that, and, honestly, it would truly test the pros' skills mm-hmm. in that they would have to learn a ball for that tournament on, and on how it flies, what distance it goes, that kind of thing. And there is a ball controlled for a specific tournament. And honestly, if they like one of these just whatever Joe tournaments, it's like, hey, whatever ball you want to play is fine. But I'm sure Tidelist and whoever else can figure out how to play a tournament ball. I think those are two options. I kind of like the idea of um, the reason I like shrinking the driver head for a pro is that it only really restricts oh, and really it would be three woods, too. So any type of fairway mm-hmm. wood type things. Um, irons would essentially all be the same. Ball wouldn't change. We'd all... And the reason is, is I feel like you'd get uh, kids or people that would want to chase. Like, I want to play with the, pl- the pros mm-hmm. play. And you shrink the head of a driver, and any amateur is going to switch back real quick. Because they're like, I can play it, and it still conforms <laughs> in any amateur tournament, and it'll be fine. But uh, you start changing the ball, and you get kids that want to play like a different ball or like a bunch of other different equipment. And then I, I think it gets messy in the equipment game. Whereas just saying, hey, pros – we're going to limit yours to 300 cc versus 360 or whatever and or 420 or whatever has a bigger impact it might personally it might and uh depending on what type of swing you have you can tailor a ball that maximizes your game and so uh if you listen to anyone talk especially uh jack nicholas is the promoter of a one ball type of dialing it back because it, it is engineered to go straight and high and not spin as much. And uh, these guys just rocket it off the tee. And you could lower the – they even take persimmons and hit it like 290 with a new Pro V1. Like that – I don't think – it's going to pull back the distance a little bit by shrinking the head and making it more of a skill to hit it on the sweet spot. But the ball is still going to fly. So I- and I think if you restrict – the technology in that you'll save a lot of these courses that are, you know, not able to hold an event that were once like truly a test of golf shots. Right. Yeah. I get that. I I guess I'm looking for, I'd love to see these guys miss hit more shots and be, 
you know, off in the rough or whatever. And also then not 320, 330 yards, but in the rough when they miss hit one, but like that long, but you miss hit that small head. Not only are you going to lose distance, but you're also then going to be in the roughs. It's like a double penalty where versus the ball, you hit that in the sweet spot and you hit it well. It's yes, you're right. It's going to still carry 290 and it's the same thing. But I, I, I feel like then it, you miss hit that on one of these big face drivers. And that's really where the technology has gone in the last probably seven years, especially, mm-hmm. is that the sweet spot on the face of the driver is so much bigger now. That's why they're averaging a further distance because. I can tell you when I hit a high toe, it goes just as far as if I hit it on a sweet spot mm-hmm. half the time. And you hit a, off a high toe off of one of those the the old tailor made like tour preferred right mm-hmm. right the or uh, or the what was the uh, fresh metal what was that right. called the uh, um, what was that brand I can't remember what that was now Founders Club right <laughs> like off the little Founders Club head yeah like before the whale and the killer whale came out right and and. These guys miss hit that, they're losing. No different than if you miss hit your blade off the toe. Yep. But they're swinging so fast, and they're able to hit that anywhere on the face of the driver, almost anywhere on the face of those three woods, and the ball just goes. Well, I think you – so there's a lot of the – so the guy, like these big stack guys and, and um, saber metrics guys in golf, that you just hit the nail on the head. Every one of them are starting to point to – the one major difference now and 10 years ago and 20 years ago is the average player swing speed. That has nothing to do with the golf ball. The, and it, and it is athlete. There's more athletes yep. playing golf. And if you look at say the top 10 players on the money list, their average swing speed is like three miles an hour faster than what it was 10 years ago. Did Jack okay. swing pretty What's hard that? though? Jack, Jack did. Yep. Yeah. But he was good enough to hit the ball perfect every time. See, so th- there's there was more I on will, being uh, precise yes, with that small. But I will head. argue that the top ten players are so precise it doesn't matter what you put in their hands. I don't think that you you've got a guy who can still swing as fast as he can, 110 to 120 with a driver, and still make perfect contact with it. Those guys he will. He's the, just going to miss hit it a little bit more often because the, you shrink the head of the, the driver. The uh, Shotgun Start uh, podcast talked about this. I think. There was, and I'm going to butcher this, but like between, call it like the 70s to 90s, the gain in distance driving, and these guys still were swinging hard and technology's gotten better or whatever, I think was a five-yard difference on a tour average. And between the last like 15 years is a 15-yard difference. So it's a combination of both, but the ball is definitely letting a lot of players get away with it. So... I think there's a combination of things that they need to work on to kind of figure this out. Yeah. I, any other you, – you touched on it already. The wooden bat, right? Those guys, if they had an aluminum bat, would kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, tennis, even. You're playing grass, clay, uh, hard court. It's kind of a charm of it that they have to play the same thing. It's not – I'm going to use – you know, I'm a – grass guy i'm not gonna play clay like some guys would have a fit if they made them play in a box that they weren't comfortable with i think these guys are all kind of pampered to be honest with you you talked about you know the high school state match and them kind of dialing up the course i mean they lose their shit if the u.s open is dry and they're like can't hold a green (laughs) i mean that's the best part like these guys having some adversity uh, any tour stop is going to have these things rolling where 
they can stop a you know 190 yard shot into a green it's going to hold and they're going to put it and i i just think you could do a lot of things to kind of challenge these guys a little bit more and and maybe it's and a combination well, right yeah. it's the, not just one thing everybody's well, the real, trying the, to do like a, a silver bullet right the real answer is i mean the main thing that you can i mean i mean look at the heritage for example the week after the masters the winning score is always just 10 to 13 under par unless it's super soft it's the narrow. golf course i mean i played i played there just this summer mm-hmm. and it's i mean from the back tees it's seven thousand yards it is tree lined on every single every you, hole every hole is tree lined you have to i mean Narrow if you know the golf ship. course it is and i mean that is but the answer so the question is is that what the viewer wants to watch and so you you have this like you have this thing, and, and we've talked about right, that on the podcast right. before. Like, what does the does the viewer want to see bogeys and yep. pars, or does the viewer want to see these guys hit spectacular shots and yep. and make does, birdies? Yep. I think, and it we're looks, all a little looks, different. I definitely yeah, don't yeah. care if I, I don't care if they hit. I don't want to. I'm not here to watch them hit bombs. Right. There might be some guys that really get into watching. You know, mm-hmm. these guys unleash 350 and be like, "Oh wow!" About if that I'm or in whatever, per, but, if I'm there in person, yeah. I I don't like I mean stepping behind a guy ripping one on a on a drivable par four is awesome. That's if I'm there in person. Sure, you know on what I mean. TV. Of course, but on TV it's like no. I mean I loved the Presidents Cup, and I I love the fact that I mean watching guys have to have to play golf shots on every hole a little different. Watching Tiger putt from the fairway, and I mean had what was it a fifty yard putt? I mean some crazy number. And this and and a purist, when you start watching, you're like, that is pure skill. I mean, for that for that guy to do that in that moment, and I mean, the areas in which on and there was a lot of there was a lot of on the on the singles round where there was a lot of feeder holes and things like that. But a lot of these guys, I mean, they're landing it on the right quadrant. I think that's what makes the master so special is that Absolutely. you've got the, you, if you land on the right quadrant, you are rewarded and you play the golf shot the way it's supposed to, you're rewarded. Um, and I think ultimately it's kind of a, it's, it's a little bit of a mix and, yeah. um, you know, I don't, you know, but why, do you, yeah. why do you, why is the master so great? I mean, everyone falls in love with the course. You go there every year. That's awesome. But, uh, limited commercials, they have the best technology. Uh, I think if you're going to like bring in more viewers and, and what you're trying to say is like, is the casual golf fan going to like a guy struggling around the course? No. I don't know. But uh, I, I love it. I'm mm-hmm. a golf diehard. I love yep. when these guys have to think. But what you're not getting when they're struggling is uh, they're talking to their caddy and they're trying to come up with a game plan and going through the options. And we don't have the shot tracer on every single shot to understand what they're going to hit. And I think, you know, Augusta, they are a uh, – I'm going to steal the shotgun start again. They are a one-stop country club that has the best technology in any sport. If you think about it, they incorporated every single shot that was hit on that golf course was recorded, and you can watch it on your app. So, I mean, what other place does that? And it's like – and you, without going to commercial break every five seconds, it seems like, you get the – part where Phil's talking to Bones, like, hey, I'm gonna I'm thinking about playing this shot. Like what's yeah. what's my yardage? And Bones is trying to talk him out of it. Like, don't hit that shot. And then he's like, No, I'm gonna hit that shot. 
and then you see him hit the hit the shot and he pulls it off and it just makes that whole moment more engaging and like right now all you see are like oh we're gonna go to the fifth tee and uh, there's Brooks Kepka. He had another bomb, and then let's go over to the third green. Uh, he had well, if we want to, if we want to get into golf coverage, that <laughs> can evolve a whole so much. But, that's yeah. a whole nother yeah. podcast. But I think but, I'm trying to close the loop on yeah. like, do we want to watch something? Well, as it stands now, no, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch people succeeding. But if you were able to change the narrative around a guy struggling and make it challenging and make them use clubs that don't work, then you're going to get more of these interactions and understanding of how good they are. So, hey, I mean, one of the most memorable shots of the year is when Tiger Wood misses a fairway, puts it in that bunker. I can't even remember what course this was. It was one, one, one maybe it was oh, in yep. Mexico. In Mexico. Yep. He and he the, hits the huge And he plays cut. that yeah. huge cut around yep. the tree and like with just – some weird Arnold Palmer-esque mm-hmm. type of finish, Helico- you know, yeah. helicopter deal, and it cuts in there and just, you know, rolls to about probably 10, 12 feet or something, and everybody's, like, blown away. And I'm like, you know, if he wouldn't have missed the fairway and hit it so <laughs> shitty behind that tree, we would have never had that moment. So that's, right. that's where I go back to, hey, how can we have them actually hit shittier drives? I want them to be in trouble more. Mm-hmm. That could make it a little bit more interesting. We'll see. But you either narrow the fairways, and then you're like, redoing courses but, to that point that but you're really also hard. routing someone's like, like take out thought. some dimples on the ball i mean yeah, I, I, don't I don't know like if you restrict the course and you don't create angles you're creating the yeah. angle for the player to yeah. play like you're yeah. creating an alley the major that i think that everybody should watch as far as not us but the guys set up pga tour officials rules officials go it's my opinion. Go to the go to the U.S. Open at Marion Country Club, and watch the major and watch everything that happened for those four days and and the golf shots that you had that had to be hit. And it was it's an old school club. Well, you Any, don't even have flags, and it didn't even have flags. You know what I mean? Like you go to that thing and you're like, I mean, that is. And what was it? One under won the golf tournament, yep. and it's an an amazing shot that Justin Rose had to hit. And these guys, and you're going, and and it nothing looked daunting, like, but every shot just seemed to be difficult and demanding and you had to be so precise. And to me, I mean, I think that as you go through and you start looking at, you know, everyone thinks the next answer is 7,800 yards and, and, and maybe, you know what? Okay. So you have 7,800 yards. Someone is going to win and someone's going to shoot 14 under. Right. I mean, it's going to be as simple as that, unless you bake the green out to the point that nobody can yep. hold a four iron. But if the bean, if the green isn't baked, it doesn't matter. I mean, Kuchar, I mean, Kuchar and Adam Scott have both said you can't make a golf course long enough. I mean, no. you literally it'd be nine thousand yards, and those guys. I mean, if the greens are receptive, they're they're gonna yep. hit it high. Well, enough. look at the yeah. open; they yeah. naturally bake, and mm-hmm. they don't have modern irrigation, and they still produce high quality yep. tournaments mm-hmm. every single year yep. because. They and, hit a and, drive and, and they and hit some, it three. And sometimes yeah. somebody wins at nine under yeah. in that one of those tournaments. Sometimes the guy wins at they, twenty. And they I don't mean, care. Gary Woodland and this I don't, year it worked cares. out just fine. It was fine. Well, we're talking the every, every major we're, should be on the West Coast. Oh I'm God. sorry. We're talking about the the British Open. The British Open. The Open. Yes. The Open, yes. Yeah, and 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 the the best part about them is they don't care what their score is. They just no. want to have a tournament. Yep. 
And, you know, you like the U.S. Open kind of trips over yeah. himself because they're like, hey, we got to have daunting. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, daunting maybe in this next decade, what we all need to do is just accept golf for what it is. Mm-hmm. And each course will continue to be a unique challenge yep. every year. Marion's going to be its unique challenge whenever they go there. Just like Wingfoot's going to yep. be its unique challenge when they go there this year. Just like the Masters, honestly, is still its own unique challenge every year mm-hmm. uh, with however what they want to do it. Yeah. And the British is getting... And stop being upset that guys shoot 20 under sometimes. Yeah. And stop being upset that... And, and pros, stop being upset that you won at one over sometimes mm-hmm. because that's what the course gave you this right. week. Let's just all accept that every course is going to be different. They're all going to play different because of conditions. Do they expect it to be wet and, you know, easy to play at the right. PGA a couple of years ago in St. Louis either? No, they didn't. But it was, and right. it played, and that's why Brooks Skeptical won yep. because he just bombed it past everybody and then stuck every shorter yep. club that he had in. And that's why he won at Beth Page too. Yep, exactly. Because it was wet, and he still just bombed it past everybody. <laughs> so you're going to di- – some things you can't control like the weather. Let's just start accepting the fact that each week is going to be a little bit different and why the heritage is going to be interesting in its own way and why the waste management is going to be interesting because it's just a freaking party. And the players' championships yep. always interesting because it's got the damn 17th green. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's just so many things that we all like about watching pro golf Playing golf, it's reason why I like going and playing other courses. Mm-hmm. Go figure, right? Because it's a different challenge. Like, well, I haven't played here before. And get what happens after the first time you play a golf course? What do you, what do, you do as soon as you, like a good golf course that you liked? What, what's the first thing you say when you walk off the 18th green to your, to your group? I want to play here again. Yes, absolutely. I call my wife and tell her I'm sorry for playing for yes. so long. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you play. Sorry, this other guy, the other guy at the group. You play really a new slow. challenge. Playing really bad. You play a really new slow. challenge like that that's exciting, and you're like, God, I'd love to play that mm-hmm. again. We yep. always do that. Yep. And so we just we all just need to start accepting that it's all just different golf courses, and they're all going to be different for their own reasons. And sometimes you're going to tear it up. Sometimes you're not. It's why Charlie Hoffman only plays well on the mm-hmm. West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Because he likes it out there. That's yeah. It, it and he's used to. Hey, grew up. What he's, he's like a Vegas guy. Yeah. It's like it's home for him. He looks at. It, he's like, I just I need to make enough money by April to. Yeah. I, yep. Soon as hang out. Yep. Maybe I'll, hang, I'm gonna give the as, Masters a run, and then yep. I'm just gonna kind of hang. Baseball out. season starts. <laughs> no. I got my games. Yep. I got and then uh, football. I'll show up to the other ones. Exactly. But, eh, whatever. Well, he shows up in the FedEx Cup. That's true. Yeah. That's true. he's. I mean, he's a gamer. He hangs yeah. in. He hangs in. Well, um, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you uh, taking Thank the time you. out of your uh, Monday evening here. I know uh, we got the new year approaching us, New Year's. Any big plans for New Year's? Not- I hope to be in bed by 9.30. There you go, yeah. bed by yeah. 9.30. Yeah, a little, little Just, later for me, but not yeah. much. Yeah, neighborhood neighborhood party. Yep. yep, kids, and yep, be fun. We'll probably celebrate the new year with, I don't know, the Norwegians or – you know, right. Netflix has the New Year's ball drop every hour from somewhere. Yeah, from and so somewhere. we'll celebrate nice. somewhere around nine or ten. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yep. I like yeah, no big plans either. You yep. either just kinda hanging out, maybe maybe get together with the neighbors. But yep. um but that uh that'll wrap that up. Well we're we're gonna taste a beverage. We've got um Michael Hart brought over another old fifty five. Big fan nice. of this one. Um, I'm gonna go on a limb so. and say for the price and quality that you will like this bottle better than the corn yes okay all right well we're going to get into that in just a minute uh just a preview an upcoming episode first of the year um just so you guys uh to try to 
hook you into the next one and maybe um, we are going to, I don't know if it's me the next podcast or uh, one week or two weeks, I should say, but we're going to have Mr. Dave Durham back on. We're going to talk about the international handicapping system. And so I'm sure he's, he is, he is the expert. He's on vacation right now, and he told me he was just getting into season two. And uh, he's like, he's like, I'd love to come on and talk about the new handicap system. He's like, I'm all over it. And I was like, you sandbagging son of a bitch, yep. you better be. So uh, look forward to that in the next couple of weeks uh, when Dave gets back into town. But uh, hang on just a second, and we'll be back to the commission. Shout out to yeah. the commission. Happy New Year. Killing golden retrievers. <laughs> all right, we are back, um, and we have uh, a bottle of bourbon. So uh, a few weeks ago, it might have been the either the first or second episode of the uh, second season. I can't remember now. Um, I'll have to look back into it. But anyway, you, you guys can look back into it. Why yeah. do I care? All right, so yeah, go check back in either episode one or two of um, season two here. We uh, had met, Michael and I had, had met at a charity event um, the owner of Old 55, which is a, uh, a distillery in Newton, Indiana. I think it's Newton. Newtown? Right. Whatever. Newtown. Indiana way of pronouncing it is probably Newtown. Newtown. Probably Newtown. Yeah. So, no, Newtown, I, Indiana. Um, uh, and they, this guy, I think I, I told the story a little bit before, so I don't want to get into it again, but Grandpa's Farm, they use uh, their corn there. As, as their mash and uh, created a bourbon distillery. So Super I, nice guy. Yep, really nice guy. So I found a bottle of the 100% sweet corn that we tasted uh, a few episodes back. And um, Michael found a bottle of the single barrel bourbon whiskey. This and, is my second bottle. Oh, second. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, I polished off the wow. first one pretty quickly. Way to go. Yeah. So Michael was nice enough to share with us. Um, this Thank you, Michael. Single barrel bourbon tonight. So we're gonna give this a whirl. It's good content. Here's me sipping. Mm, yes. I always like this. You know, like this part where there's like the delay. Yeah. I forgot to give it a sniff though. Our focus. Some good caramel in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of alcohol on the nose though. So these this is these are young bourbons. So they've only been doing this for like four years. Um, so I'm going to guess this is probably also a four year. Um, I think you're correct about that. And I think what I like about this one is it's a good sipping whiskey bourbon. I I think they do a good job. It's got a nice sweetness to it, which is kind of characteristic of a young uh, age yeah. bourbon. I'm not an expert in this, but uh, being a single barrel, it doesn't have that like bite to it that you normally get yep. and i'm all about that these days whatever calms the voices in my head and uh you know the least rocky road to get there is, is what i'm after right now so um it it's like i said it's got a nice sweetness it's not too harsh and i i really enjoyed it actually and for 55 bucks uh, you're in that if you can find it, Blanton's territory, and I think yeah. that has like a similar vibe yeah. to it. Uh, it's not Blanton's, but it is very, very good. So I don't want anybody attacking me about saying that. Well, I think one passion. I agree with that. I, yeah. I think it's. I think yeah. you're spot on. One thing that's unique with these guys is that because it's young, he does, and he admitted to us, he, they kind of water it down a little bit, um, and I think that makes it so it isn't as you know you don't get that mm. alcohol harshness yeah. of probably what a young. 
young liquor would be. So, or at least young whiskey. But uh, no, I, I mean, in comparing the two, that they're definitely different. Um, and I'll have to give you a sample yeah. of the sweet corn here after this, and uh, you can give us your own personal review after that. But um, the uh, uh, I, I I agree with you, Michael. I feel like it 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 feels more like your traditional. Um, sipping type of you know bourbon kind of thing where uh i could probably this has actually been kind of interesting i've had this sidebar conversation i feel like i could almost pull down any of my bourbons now and just sample them all kind of back to back and be like yeah that that, that that's bourbon that, yep. and that well guess what it does the same and it's not i i don't maybe taste as much mm. variation as i've found in the past yeah, but. But maybe my palate is just all yeah. fucked up now. Well, I mean, like, we're we're entering into some sacred uh, territory here, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm kind of the same same point you are. Like, you, you can tell a higher-proof single barrel, like, kind of hits your palate a little bit harder. Uh, I, I tend to stick with the sweeter, less-proof ones just because if I'm sipping on it, I want to enjoy it. I'm not like hardcore about it. And, um, and I like bourbon. I, there's nuances that I can't really pull out of every bottle, like hand up. Like I can tell like more harshness than anything. And this is where tequila is fun. Is like you pull a bottle of like Reposado from one end to the other. And it's a completely different experience, which is good and bad because then you're like, I spent, you know, 55 bucks on this and it's not good at all. And then there's, uh, so I think bourbon's kind of been refined yep. and people know what they're doing. And the fact that they all taste the same is probably because they all are really good at what they do. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, and I think they're, they're also going for a flavor that is familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think where we're maybe with us dabbling in the tequila space, and how uh, aging those differently. Um, there's, there's obviously the the classics that have been around. I mean, your Don Julio mm-hmm. has been doing his thing Julino. for. A, yeah, Don Julino yeah. <laughs> has been doing his thing for a really long time, and it's gonna. You know, they make good stuff. Right. Not gonna. Um, you know, we we tried the the Fortaleza, um, the winter blend. Um, Just picked up a bottle. There you go. Yeah, yeah, we tried that. I think last time, maybe on the last show or a couple of weeks ago, and. Um, that was, you know, it had, again, it had more of this classic uh, refined um, tequila, you know, type of flavoring to it that, that to me reminded me of like a Don Julio, something like that. Whereas some of these that have started to emerge, whether it's your Casamigos or your Clasa Azul, they've definitely leaned in, hey, we're going to offer this new kind of flavoring to it. And, and hopefully, and, and people are obviously like latching on to it. Um, and there's kind of these vanilla notes to it. Um, some, some more, uh, like pineapple, probably guava type fruit type th- things, complexities to it, still not taking away from the tequila characteristics. And then as you, we were tasting some of these extra añejos, they're I mean, fantastic. They, they take tequila to another level yeah. in that they've aged it so much longer in who knows what kind of barrels with more character, um, giving it even more of like a bourbon type of taste to it. But that sweetness and still the character of the agave. And it's been, it's been fun to, I guess, probably now where I haven't gotten into, and maybe this is where at some point I get crazy and do stuff is you start getting into like these 
uh, 18-year-old and 20-some-year-old scotches and things like that that have some really interesting character to them because they've been aged that long. Mm Hey, maybe that's a whole nother world I just haven't gotten into because it's like 500 bucks a bottle. Well, right? You can't find a 23-year-old bottle of bourbon without no. you know buying it secondhand for triple the price. So, right. I mean, it, or more than that. But um, we did do that tasting for Pappy. Oh, that was, I, and I'm having a memory lapse. That was before I had kids. But like uh, my cousin and I went to Jungle Gyms <laughs> in Cincinnati and... They, for a modest entry level price of like probably 150 bucks, you could taste like uh, an ounce of uh, 12 year, 15, yeah. uh, 20 and 23 Pappy. And uh, you could tell a difference definitely between the the uh, younger versus the older. It, there's characteristics of everything, but unfortunately it's like you can't readily experience that just because yeah. of the demand for it. And it's kind of funny to think that 23 or 30 years ago when they were planning out their allocations that bourbon wasn't as popular. And right. why would you build a supply for something that you like? It's <laughs> you have no not, idea what the demand is going to be for right, right Yeah. So, you know, now Eagle Rare is hard to get. You can't even find that. And it's like, <laughs> it's rare. I looked at Eagle Rare <laughs> as a, like a backup plan if right? I couldn't, you know, if I didn't want to spend 50 bucks on blends when I was sitting on the shelf. So. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting, but yeah, I, I, it's fun. I, I think uh, I think you're right. That's kind of the next frontier is to get really bougie and buy a $400 bottle of tequila. I'd be like, ooh, yeah, this is this is nice. You this know, it's really nice. Well, I, I can't wait to share so, your success. When now, you're the only the only thing that that has me hesitant in this space, and I think maybe what got my head thinking on this whole like, hey. The the forty to sixty dollar bottle of bourbon essentially all is about yep. the same at this point. I right. mean, it all tastes pretty darn similar. There's slight variations that, yeah, if you want to get real, right. you know, technical, technical about it, you probably can. Like, and it, or if you get real serious about it, I'm sure you can start really telling. Okay, hey, this I'm sniffing this on the nose. I'm tasting no different than wine, and yep. that's a whole nother conversation. But, um, but I'm watching. I don't know if, have you guys seen this documentary on Scotch? Um, on it's on Amazon or Netflix or one of the two. No. Um, watch it. So the the guy that is essentially like the master of Scotch uh, retired this year, and they did a whole documentary um, interviewing everybody he's ever dealt with in all the different regions and all this kind of stuff and how he got started in the business. And they kind of tell his story, but it's basically the story of his whole experience, basically being a distiller of scotch whiskey and um it's fascinating the different things that you will learn about just whiskey making in general and one of the things that and i kind of brought this up about the aged stuff is like once you get to basically 16 to 18 somewhere in there it doesn't necessarily get much better as it as as they age it a little bit older uh where they're killing it on the price and making it seem like oh i've got this 23 year or 28 year or whatever the heck it is it's the rarity of it right yeah. the scarcity then so that's why it's so much money it's not because it's so much better it's probably about just as good as that 16 or that 18 uh but there is like a there's a peak point in in aging at least scotch whiskey uh to where like okay that is that is a prime spot and 12 is obviously a prime spot and you see a lot of them, you know, mm-hmm. start, you know, bottling it up at 12, 16 obviously is another prime. So they, 
they do it on purpose because these are like prime aging. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that was yeah. unplanned right. to do this kind of stuff. But uh, beyond 18, it, basically, well, there's one of the people they interview in here. It might be him, and I can't remember who it was. But basically, says anything beyond that, the, you're paying the premium because it's just so rare and scarce yeah. more than anything. So to your point, too, who thought you know, 20 years ago, 18 right. years ago, the bourbon would be so hot right now. Um, so we'll have to see what, what is going to be the prime, like eight years is obviously most of these guys right mm -hmm. now is, um, but you know, are there going to be ones that emerge that, you know, 12, 14, 16 yeah. year old bourbons that you're like, ho oh, oh, ho, now that is where it's at. I don't know. I don't know. So we're, we're, we're looking forward to 2020 and golf, but what's your, looking forward in spirits or and or wine and or beer oh man um well I, we had a great year in spirits um as uh mr uh coach bryant i can't, I can't call you mr coach bryant he'll always be a coach had had not he'd been over to the back porch and hung out yeah. but we had uh he had not been down to the basement and seen the bar and yeah. we were saying what we've collected due to the show <laughs> between john and i if we go over to his bar and my bar, just by doing this show, yeah. what have we've done? Almost 40 episodes, I think, total now. Um, we've gone through our fair share of bottles. And uh, it's been fun to probably learn more about how bourbon isn't that different. Right. Um, and it's also been interesting to probably drink a few things that we haven't before. Um, I know when we went to France, you know, we, we grabbed some bottles of wine, and I thought, wow, this is, uh, this is pretty special. And I, I do think as... John and I talked about in uh, either offline or maybe in previous episode, I think wine could be a great space that we continue to explore on this show in addition to some other stuff. Um, and uh, I don't think I'm going to waver uh, once it comes springtime off the tequila, though, because yeah. that's kind of my, to Michael's Thank point, you. I think there's some interesting stuff that's emerging. I mean, with Michael Jordan, when Michael Jordan and The Rock are coming out with tequilas, you know it's there's some Something's cool stuff going on. There. So yep. hot right now. It's so hot right now. <laughs> yeah. so. I, uh, the Mezcal, that's a whole other frontier. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to embark, <laughs> but... Um, Smoked out agave. Yeah, it, it's it's cool. I, like I said, there's different flavors yep. that you can definitely... You can definitely tell it's crafted yep. in a different manner, and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not where you're like, oh, shoot. Well, it's just like yeah. tequila. Sometimes yeah. it's great, sometimes it's not. Well, yeah, and it's, um, yeah, I think you're you're going to get into a space with wine where, you know, it's like, do I spend 250 bucks on a bottle of wine? Am I really going to get that type of bump from the $25, you know? Well, one, one conversation that John and I actually had, it might have been last week, um, was that, you know, it's great that we go out and we buy kind of this higher end stuff every now and then and whatever it is. And I think that could be a great for a special episode or something of that nature. But, um, because we think things taste very similar or there's, you can get a good value like Weller, for example, right. You know I mean? That if you can find that anywhere, it should only be like 35, 40 bucks. Right. Um, and to me that is just as good as anything I've got on that shelf mm -hmm. over there. And, uh, so for me, I'm kind of like, well, let's just go find some stuff that anybody can pick up and drink. And I'm not talking about, um, 
you know, it might be hard. That that's more of the challenge, right? Let's go find stuff that people are going to enjoy just to enjoy, mm -hmm. um, because it's readily available and you can find it. And we're going to give you your opinion why. And that's where we kind of leaned on wine and beer a little bit, and that it may be a little bit easier to find. I'd rather go out and help somebody find the twenty dollar bottle that you and your spouse can maybe enjoy. Maybe you listen to this show because you're a golf nerd, but you're like, oh. He, oh, he's talking yeah. about the, you know, the, the Goru right. oh, out of, out of uh, Chile. Oh, or, you know, or where, yeah, I got to go find that one, you know? And honestly, like I found that at market district and was like, holy cow for 1999, this is the deal. The this is the a, jam. Yeah. And I uh, found another bottle there for, and they had it on sale for like 18 bucks or something like that the other day. And I'm like, this is a really highly rated wine. I'd put it right up there with, you know, $50 bottles. I've yeah. Had. So to me, there's another game there in finding value wines. Mm -hmm. um, whereas much in the spirits, maybe it might be harder to do yeah. that. Um, the tequila world with the emerging stuff, maybe we can find some yeah, cool stuff, I, but I agree with you. I think being able to find kind of like your value, um, quality type of play is kind of, I think it's, a better journey than trying to just say I bought the most expensive bottle of wine at market district and acting like I drank it. it. Yeah. It wow. Tastes no. a lot better. <laughs> and like, I, I think that's why I like tequila so much this year is because I had classe Azul Reposado, which is now over a hundred bucks a bottle, which is hard to justify because I drank it so quickly. And then I'm, <laughs> you know, it's, it's gone before I even open it. And what's that bottle that's like 50 bucks that, like mimics that quality like yeah. that's the goal right where do you what can you find uh and, and not I, spend that much i think i feel it's like more i got close we get close to it with casamigos um and the, the fortalese is pretty close and i, I really honestly I, I can drink don julio um and yeho which is actually a little bit more expensive god they, that's gone up in price this past year by the way too you should be able to get that for like 50 bucks it's now yeah. like 65 yep so I think that this this tequila yeah. wave has definitely pushed. It's in, picking yeah. up steam, and it could be tariffs and stuff too that we don't know about. But um, try not to get political. Yeah, try not to get political yeah, on pot. Yeah. Well, hey, again, thank you guys. Really appreciate it, and uh, we'll have you on again later in 2020. Cheers, Cheers everybody! Yep, happy, happy holidays. New Year. If you have the ability to play golf, go out there, hit more greens, you'll score better. Thanks. Baby.